Welcome to the In All Things podcast. Here, we talk about everything from friendship and personalities to contentment and faith. Our goal, to encourage you to seek Christ in all things. Hey, how's it going? I'm your host, Sierra. Let's imagine you're in my living room and dive into real conversation. Welcome to In All Things. Thank you so much for joining today's conversation. I'm very glad that you're here today. I had an amazing day um, this past Saturday helping out at my church, and it really got me thinking about servanthood and serving others. Tim Tebow once said, we have to humble ourselves, and the way that you do that is by serving other people. Galatians 5.13 reads, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. And in 1 Samuel, it says, But be sure to fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully with all of your heart. Consider what great things He has done for you. I think it's really important to start out by addressing the fact that we are really called to serve one another. We are the body of Christ. And if you recall, in an episode that I did at the beginning of this year, I actually talked about spiritual gifts and using our gifts in a way that honors Christ and serves others. It's a common phrase that we are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's what we are as the body of Christ, as the capital C, church. In last week's episode, I told a story that my church is moving buildings in a very short period of time. We have four Saturdays to get this building up and ready to roll, including this past Saturday. It hasn't really been used in over a year. And before that, it wasn't being kept up very well. So this past Saturday, I showed up with around 25 other people from church to work on the building. Um, The group worked for like nine hours on Saturday, and we have three more full days like that coming up, along with a couple weekday evenings added in. We painted, we moved furniture, brainstormed, and others worked on some electricity and fixing some other things. It was a very busy day, and there is so much more to get done but we also accomplished a lot. And you know what? It was an incredible day being with other followers of Jesus, serving the church and spending time in community. I didn't really know the people well who I had worked with at first, but it was so fun to get to know them and work together. There were so many people helping from 10 years old to people in their 60s and 70s. Serving with other people is such a great way to build relationships and build community. It truly was the body of Christ coming together in an exciting way as we prepare for this next season that we as a church are entering. And it kind of reminded me actually of an Amish barn raising. Have you ever heard about those? If like if an Amish barn burns down or maybe they have to build one for a new married couple or something like that, the entire Amish community joins together to build it again. Like the women get together and they cook food for everyone and the men build. Um, As a community, they know that they can rely on each other in good times and bad times. And even though it's hard work, they also make some fun out of it by having a whole community meal as well. And it's pretty cool. And that's kind of, in a way, that's what Saturday felt like to me. It was the body of Christ coming together. And yeah, it was hard work. And in some ways, a little bit stressful when you think of the time crunch we're on. But it was a lot of fun as well. I think sometimes it's really easy to get overwhelmed by the idea of serving or volunteering. 
For me, I often have this idea that it has to be on a regular basis or is going to be like this huge commitment. And yes, there are some serving positions that are absolutely a huge commitment and some of them are on a regular basis. But we don't always have to be in those positions if we're in a life stage where that's not realistic. However, just because we aren't in a life stage where we can commit to an every Sunday thing, for example, it doesn't mean that we can't commit to anything. What I can commit to as a single person is going to look different than what parents with young kids can do. And that is going to look different than what parents of teenagers or a retired person can commit to. If we were to specifically talk about serving at our own churches, there are tons, tons of possibilities where you can volunteer. Every church is going to be different, of course, and every position is different. But like I mentioned, it doesn't necessarily have to be every week. Um, I just signed up to greet at my church, and I was actually expecting it to be on a schedule of every other week or once a month. But I'm on a schedule three times. But I'm only on the schedule three times between September and the new year. It doesn't have to take a lot to say yes to a need in your church. Ask yourself how much time you have to commit to and what you enjoy doing. And then go talk to somebody at your church and tell them this. Ask them what you can do. Maybe they need help cleaning on a Monday from the weekend activities. Maybe they need somebody to answer phones one afternoon a week. There could be a seasonal event that they need help planning. Your church could have a, your church might have a community ministry that needs breakfast made twice a month. There are so many options that a church has that people don't even think about. Because besides all that I just listed, there are still the weekly, maybe more common per se needs like worship team, sound and lights, a prayer team, nursery and children's areas, etc. 1 Peter 4.10 says each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Another idea is to identify a need in your church. I have a friend who actually recently just did this in her church. She saw a need because she witnessed a lot of confusion within a specific area. And so she ended up approaching church leadership and she offered to meet that need by creating and filling a volunteer position. Now, in her particular example, the church didn't really acknowledge that need and they declined her offer. However, that doesn't mean that every church is going to do that. And you never know that that church may actually go back to my friend and ask her to do that still later on. But if you see a need, offer to meet it. Because what a blessing you can be in so many different ways within your church. And as you practice having a servant heart, you're most likely you're most likely going to start finding yourself identifying needs all over the place because your eyes and your heart have been trained to look for them. One thing that I see hold a lot of people back um, in serving is their busyness. And I totally get that. And I don't know you or your life to call you out and say that you're making an excuse. But I do know that I have definitely made excuses like this before. What are we busy with? Can we sacrifice one of our weeknights in order to help at youth group? Ask your spouse to make dinner and do bedtime with the kids, right? Or make it a family affair and eat on the road. Can we give up one non-rushed, low-pressure Sunday morning a month to help welcome people? We need to remember that serving others 
does require sacrifice. And I believe that that makes us uncomfortable. Naturally, we are very selfish people and we want to protect our time, our money, our family, our sleep from being disrupted. And I get it because I'm, I can be like that too. But we are told in Matthew 20, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be the first must be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We were given the ultimate example in Christ, and we were called to put ourselves last and to serve. As a side note, this is actually a huge reason that I don't agree with the world's movement of self-care. And I have an entire episode on that called In Rest that you can look up if you're interested. Um, But serving others, which ultimately serves Christ, requires us to lay aside our own desires and our own conveniences. Also, it should not be our only motivation, but think about if you needed help. Wouldn't you want someone to come alongside you and help you how they could, even if they had to sacrifice a little bit of sleep or family time to do so? Remember the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. I once had a friend compare church volunteers to members of a family. She explained that family members aren't volunteers or helpers in a household. It's their responsibility as a member of that family to keep the house nice and running. It's not just the job of one parent. But likewise, it is our responsibility as members of a church, whether we are formal members or not, to serve the church to keep it nice and running. It's not just the job of the pastor and his family and maybe four other families. It is all of our responsibility. I know a family who was involved in their church's Wednesday night programs. The mom was teaching a class, and her sons would attend the class. But beyond her work and effort in teaching, she would bring her boys, and they would be the first people to show up on Wednesday nights. And they would spend an hour or two moving tables, setting up chairs, and getting everything ready for over 100 kids to show up to this program for the night. And at the end of the night, they would clean everything back up and make sure it was ready for Sunday and they would be the last to leave. It was something that they saw a need for and they took it upon themselves to meet it. Speaking of families, I once was serving at a church event where there was some work going on and a lady commented to me that the kids that were there shouldn't have been there. Here's the thing. I could hear the kids, but only because they were talking. No one was running around. No one was screaming or crying or so much as raising their voice, honestly. And I wish I had had the guts to speak up in that moment. But I did wonder, why do we act as though kids are constantly disruptive in public? Because with the right upbringing and discipline, they absolutely do not need to be like that. And not only that, But I admire those parents for bringing their kids in to serve with them. Families should be encouraged to do that. Parents set such a wonderful example to their children by showing them how to serve joyfully and regularly. And it is so good for kids to be involved themselves. They get to learn that serving others reaps such rewards in our hearts. It can be such a joy and God intended that way. 
there's only one way that kids are going to learn how to do this, and that's by bringing them alongside the parents and showing them. Now, I've talked a lot about serving in the church, and I see this exemplified many ways in the Bible. We see it in Acts in the early church. At the end of Acts 2, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All of the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And a couple chapters later, in chapter 4, it even goes further. And it says, All of the believers were of one heart and mind. No one claimed any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything that they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in all of them that there were no needy people among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. These verses give very specific examples of how the early church gave. And in some cases, they literally sold their homes and their possessions to give it to the church to be used as needed. Guys, that is wild. Now, these verses talk more about generosity, which is definitely a type of serving. And it reminded me, like, to give generously to our church, I think of tithing when I talk about that, right? But also, we can serve our neighbors by borrowing them some flour or eggs, or maybe they need help mowing their lawn. Maybe they need to borrow our lawnmower, right? Serving others can be so simple. And that's the act of generosity that the early church saw and did. But going back to Acts and going beyond the generosity of possessions, I think that we can assume that women brought food to sick people, that men helped build a home for a family who needed one, that the church worked together to prepare the place where they would physically meet because they didn't have church buildings at the time. So maybe that was a beach by a lake and they needed to pick up some sticks or rocks. Maybe it was sweeping out a home. Maybe it was moving giant rocks or boulders or stumps into a circle so that they could all sit on them. Whatever it would be, the early church clearly valued community, and we can imagine that they would have gone out of their way to serve that community as needed. And this actually is going to bring me back to the Amish community. On a family vacation several years ago, we got to stay at a little bed and breakfast that was run by an older Amish couple. And it was so fun to be welcomed into their home and talk to them and see a little bit of their life. And one day, um, the husband ended up taking us out to his barn to show us. And holy cow, like it was the cleanest space you will ever see. And we learned that, that they actually hosted some church services out there. And we could see all of the benches pushed to one side. And there was a massive roll of carpet that was ready to be unrolled whenever they would host a service. And when they didn't, all of the benches and the carpet would be moved to another home to host. And it took a large group of people to set up and take down and prepare each Sunday for this. I can't imagine that it would have been too much different in Jesus's time or the early church when they most likely didn't have these actual church buildings, like I mentioned. It also makes me think of inclusion. 
People love to be included in things, and serving is no different. Ask others for help. Include them in on your community. You can build like the most valuable relationships. Last week, I was asked by a friend if I wanted to cook a meal with her for a family in our church. And when we do that this coming weekend, it was it's going to be such a sweet time of hanging out and serving. And I'm so glad that she included me in that. And that then brings me to serving in your local community. I do think that it's pretty important to be serving in your church. I just spent a long time talking about that. But I also think that you can serve in other places as well. There are so many opportunities to be involved in your community. There are probably hundreds of local ministries around my general area that I could get involved with. This takes prayer and it takes some research, but if you feel called to a specific area, go after that. I have friends who work with pregnancy resource centers, who are involved in human trafficking ministries, who are hands-on in the whole, um, who are hands-on in the foster care system. And beyond that, there are shelters for domestic violence or there are those who struggle with substance abuse. Other organizations help with grief processing or providing support for those who are walking through a divorce. I think these types of areas of serving are great when you are passionate about one of these. You may just have a heart that God gave you for something like, say, pro-life. Or you may have known someone who had to make the choice between an abortion and life. Or maybe you have been in those shoes yourself. We all have different reasons for being passionate about something like this. But getting involved in an area where we're passionate can make a huge difference. One last area where we can be servants is in our homes. Maybe you're a mom with some little kids. Or a dad who works really hard and comes home to a family. Or maybe you're a teenager who is relied on for a lot of different things. Practice serving at home first. Practice having a servant's heart. Your home life matters. How you learn to serve in your home matters. And if you live alone, practice just with the people in your life. Make a meal for somebody. Help a new mom clean or let her take a bath. Go help the neighbors rake their lawn. Again, it doesn't have to be a huge time commitment. But you are seeing someone where they are and meeting a need. Just remember that no matter where you're serving, whether it's at home, in church, or in your community, you're serving Christ first and foremost. Jesus is talking in Matthew 25, 35 through 40. It says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. But then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. We do this, we serve for him, and we serve for them. And as a result, we end up happier and more content and even more willing to give. Thank you for joining today's conversation. I hope this was an encouraging episode as you continue to walk with the Lord. 
If it was, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps with the app's algorithm and allows In All Things to be accessible to even more people. Share with your friends and give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at In All Things Pod on both of those and visit our website at inallthingspodcast.com. See you next time.